podcast listeners, what is up? What is happening? What is going on? I'm hanging out with the legend, Randy Raw. Randy Raw uh, is a guy who uh, is like way smarter for me to spend time with than what I deserve. Uh, he is the chief information security officer for Veterans United Home Loans that helps provide loans, lending, and financial support to veterans. So first off, just the cause itself. I'm one that... It, it, uh, it's, it's just amazing. So Randy, thank you for that. Secondly, uh, Randy, you're one of those guys who uniquely blends the ability to uh, left brain security, uh, information, detail orientation, uh, and creating what that world looks like. And then also on the flip side, uh, you are part of leadership coaching and you want to come alongside people and develop them and make them better and improve their lives and help them uh, ultimately become better leaders. And uh, it's, it's, it's spectacular. It's amazing. And this podcast was a blast. Um, so folks, if you're interested in leadership, if you're in interested in security and information, this is, podcast is for you. Uh, Randy, I just want to say a huge thank you for the impact that you have. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys this podcast just as much as I did. Randy, thanks for being a guest on this podcast. Hey, man, looking forward to it. I'm excited. There's a, there's a lot we're going to talk about. We're going to talk talent. We're going to talk cybersecurity. We're going to talk a lot of different things. But before we get into that, give me, give me your background. What's the life story? Sure. I'm uh, currently the Chief Information Security Officer at Veterans United Home Loans. I've been here a little over 12 years and just having a ball. Uh, when I joined the company, we had 450 people, uh, a little over 4,900 now uh, have been as high as 5,200. And uh, our our passion is helping our military heroes uh, get into homes faster than anybody else with competitive interest rates and a really awesome digital mortgage experience. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 10 or 12 years. Um, and overlaying on top of that is a lot of leadership development. Uh, prior to being here, I spent most of my career in government and education, uh, worked at a, a rural K-12 school district at a, a technical college here in Missouri, and then for the state technical network. So I've been in the technical area uh, my entire career, um, kind of transitioning now a little bit into uh, a broader picture of what does leadership development for technical people look like? Because uh, I think it's something important to focus on. I love it. I love it. So, you know, with your current role, when you think about, you know, that high of a level of information security technology, like, what does that actually look like on a day to day basis? What are things that you are you know, when you wake up and you start your, your, your day job sort of thing, what does that actually involve? And what, you know, are you spending more of your time focused on many years down the path? Is it more current issues that come up? How, how does that look and operate? Yeah, it's um, interesting now, uh, especially at this level in the organization. Um, so I spend a lot of time talking with internal business partners about things related to the business and how we're securing them and how we can use security as an innovation driver. We want to be the department of no spelled K N O W not N O <laughs> uh, too many cybersecurity people are the department of no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. And, and we really try hard not to do that. Randy, um, if it makes you feel any better, I, uh, I own an HR tech software and I have to sell our software service into HR who also say no a lot and prefer to say no. So I'm totally, I can totally understand. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you get what I'm coming at. So <laughs> yeah. you know, we're we're trying to be partners in the business and understand it's a risk management proposition. How do we convey and and identify and measure as best we can risk, and then talk with the business about ways to mitigate that risk? Because we may accept some of it, 
We may transfer some of it. We may do a number of different things, but um, those things are none of them really technical. And that's part of what my passion around leadership development is about because so many of the people on my team, I need to be very technical and in the weeds. But from a leadership perspective, we've got to be able to go and talk to someone in HR or in accounting or in the, the production side of our business about what they're trying to do and how can we best manage that risk effectively. And no, we're not going to get rid of it um, completely. But how do we how do we all go to bed and sleep at night so we get up the next morning and are happy and excited to come to work and do what we do? It makes all the sense in the world. Is uh, is most of your role more from a like legal perspective or is it more from like, like, would you say your brain more operates towards sort of the legal side of things or more towards the technology side of things? Wow, that's an interesting question, especially given a couple of emails that I sent this morning where I, <laughs> I have the disclaimer that says, I've never been an attorney. I've never played one on TV, even though the email I just sent you seems very attorney-like. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, a lot of what I do does bleed over into that realm of what's the, the legal compliance aspects that we're looking at, because we can't discount that. We have to be in the mortgage industry. We have to be compliant. We have to follow state laws. At the same time, we have to know what it is. Sometimes the laws are, are not as clear as we would like. They're not prescriptive, and we appreciate that. But then that means we have to interpret how we're going to be in compliance with that and talk to our technical people, help them understand what we're trying to do risk-related and uh, you know, develop solutions that work for everyone. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you, the organization as a whole, obviously has a uh, has a veteran focus, which is amazing, and I applaud you guys for that. Um, when serving that type of customer demographic, what would you say has, and obviously whatever you feel comfortable to share, what would you say has been surprising to you when it comes to serving sort of the broader veteran community, and what would you say has been uh, maybe kind of right on par, exactly what you thought? Yeah, it's been very rewarding serving the veteran community. Um, our, our veterans that we help get into homes are very appreciative. Um, one of the things that, that we really try to focus on here is helping all veterans, uh, even if they don't qualify initially. How can we help them uh, with maybe what were some poor life decisions in the past to rectify that and, and help them realize the American dream of owning a home. And, and that's really, really important and, and something that we're very passionate about. Um, one of the things we've also done is we have a foundation uh, that somewhere in the 90 some odd percent of our employees give 1% of their salary to the foundation. And then we use that foundation to help different uh, internally develop or, or decided upon veteran affairs, uh, whether that's somebody that needs an assistive house whether that's somebody that um, you know has a child that needs a surgery or um, whatever the, the cause might be for uh, helping a veteran or their family, uh, we really get behind that, and it's so awesome to see. Um, so back to your question, though, of something that was surprising to me was how many people really did not feel like home ownership was a possibility for them until they began working with our company and we began talking about the possibilities and how we can help them use their veteran benefit to really uh, find a home that works for them and, and get them in that home. And, and in the technology side, we don't see that often. And so we really, truly appreciate our marketing team keeping those stories in front of us so that we hear the impact 
that our company has on people's lives every day to realize homeownership is a possibility and, and not just a possibility, a reality. And, and we help make that happen. We, we work with that uh, technology to help make that happen. Um, something I guess I would say that's surprising on, on that side uh, would be that we really are often disconnected um, from the technology perspective of what's happening on the front lines. And it really takes intentionality around staying up to date on hearing how the work that we're doing impacts the way the business works. And, and, and maybe to some degree, that's not so surprising because as I talk to peers at uh, different conferences, it's, it's oftentimes um, people are, are sharing stories that their technicians often don't get the big picture of what the business is doing, no matter what it is. And so retelling the story and the purpose of why we come to work every day is important. That's, uh, that's really special. And it's, uh, it's, I, I've got, I never served in the military myself, but I have a few friends who are in it and the thick of it. And I've got a buddy who's actually going through EOD training right now. And just the experience and it's, it's a special thing, and especially it's amazing for companies that actually turn around and help support them as well too. So thank you guys for that. That's, that's awesome. And thank you to all the veterans that are out there listening because your work and sacrifice allows us to do what we do. That's right. That's right. That's, that's, Yep, it's a special thing. Um, so let's let's switch a little gears here. So um, you you mentioned you guys have about forty nine hundred employees. Yes. So obviously, in your world, there's you know certainly the business side of things, but there's also the talent when it comes to the technology side of things. So how does that factor in? Of you know, are you guys grooming within? Are you guys trying to uh, develop your own current talent? Is it a lot of talent that comes from the outside? and sticks around for a while, kind of what's the current landscape like? And then uh, we start there. Okay. Yeah. For us particularly, uh, we try to do a lot of career growth path planning with our other internal business partners, whether that be the technology teams and the infrastructure teams, um, where we can find people that we already have an understanding and can see that they fit our company values. Living by our three company values is paramount to everything we do. If we find somebody that's a values fit and we find someone that has um, what I call the anew characteristics, they're ambitious, they have a neutral self-image, they're exceedingly curious, and they're willing to be bad before they're good, we can teach them the technology skill set that they need to be successful in our cybersecurity program. And so that's what we look for. And that's, that's how we're largely uh, developing our team and expanding our team is through internal promotion opportunities, looking at people that are already here, finding them and training them up, um, pairing them with our existing senior staff, uh, which also then helps the senior staff develop additional confidence because now they're always having to stay ahead of these um, newer people coming in who often are very, very excited about what they're doing and they have a passion for learning and a zeal for what they're doing. And so it keeps everybody excited and fresh and renewed and always looking down the road at, you know, what's the next thing that we need to be prepared for so that we don't get caught behind, whether it's regulatory or via a, a technical attack. So I live in, uh, in West Michigan and I'm on a, a technology council board. And one of the hot topics, hot topics is cybersecurity and the jobs that are at play, the, the talent development. And so 
you know, it's something that we're obviously talking about quite a bit. From your perspective, are you seeing that the talent pool for excuse me, cybersecurity and technology is increasing, decreasing, stagnant, changing? What What's your take on that? So the demand is definitely increasing. It's not going away. Uh, any company that would say that they do not have a significant uh, technology backend and footprint uh, is, is probably not recognizing how much technology that they have. And side by side with that then is an obligation and responsibility to make sure that that technology is secure and, and used well and, and the data that you have is protected. And so, uh, you know, society-wide, we're seeing a lot of demand for cybersecurity professionals. Um, for people who are currently in especially technical roles, uh, oftentimes cyber can be seen as um, a step up um, and it's where people want to go. It, it definitely has some long-term job stability and uh, in-demand sort of roles. And so that's all a good place. Um, the other reality that we're beginning to see is there's a lot of stress that goes with it, especially if there is not a leadership team that helps those people not feel like they go to bed with the weight of the world on their shoulders every night. And we're beginning to see, unfortunately, more reports. I just read one yesterday where it was talking about a fairly high number of people who are currently in involved in cybersecurity who, because of the stress and because of the ongoing uh, challenge in their day-to-day -day work are considering job changes. And, and that's that's sad to me. I think to some degree, that's both a leadership uh, opportunity ahead of us to, to help those people and make sure we get the right resources, because a lot of it is just workload, um, trying to do more with less and, and not really recognizing the actual true work that goes and the stress that goes with that when you feel like if there's a breach, it's it's your problem, and that that might be your your job on the line. Um, so helping to assuage those fears and and help people say, you know, let's get the right skill set, let's do the right basic blocking and tackling, and and be prepared. Yeah, I think that's I think that's amazing. I mean, the the talent de development is is fascinating, and obviously, when you stop and think about what the job market has done, definitely from some of the tech layoffs and some of the changes that have happened, and you know, is that obviously for a long time, everybody was like, well, tech is pretty invincible. And then obviously over the last few months, we've shown some weaknesses in that and some changes yeah. in that. So it'll be fascinating to see kind of the broader talent landscape where the shift happens. Is there a shift from, you know, maybe more software engineer focus to maybe more of a cybersecurity focus, which obviously it's slightly different skill, well, not slightly, huge different skill sets, but a lot of similar industries, a lot of similar scale-up stories. So yeah, it's it's an interesting, interesting realm. Yeah. And I was talking to someone the other day at a, a conference and we were talking about the importance of, uh, a growing importance of all jobs, thinking about what their role in cybersecurity is. Because whether it's being responsible and not clicking on a phishing email and giving away credentials, or whether it's secure code development, or if it's as an application administrator, making sure at least privileged rights are in place, or just as a, a you know a, a frontline accounting or HR person, understanding the data that we have is valuable. Don't just email that off to anybody. You know, thinking about what that looks like in each role, being aware of their part in cyber helps everyone, and it does help decrease the the stress level that the the technicians often feel because they can feel like there's a lot of people on their team, and that's that's a great place to be. 
Sorry about that. Phone call came in out of surprise. Um, we'll make sure to edit that part out. But um, so one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you quite a bit about is obviously your role um, in the organization, but also your leadership coaching, which is and, and mentoring and developing. And um, I have a personal leadership coach um, and I've, I've really benefited from that a ton. But to the listeners, like maybe would you mind kind of explaining the difference between you know, coaching versus counseling versus consulting, right? Sometimes they all kind of bleed in together. Maybe people think about them the same. How are they different? How are they similar? And, you know, tell me more about what your activity is in that. Yeah. So I, I think of it this way. I, I think there's really four roles that we can have people involved in our lives. One of them is a, essentially a network peer, somebody who walks a similar path as you. They're maybe at your same level, maybe not at your same level, but there's somebody you can talk with that maybe you've met at a conference or just as a, a, a neighboring company. A mentor, as you were talking about, is really somebody that talks with you. Somebody probably further along in their career, maybe older, but they may, may not have to be older. They've just got experience and they can relate to you and tell you about their experience. And it may or may not be applicable to you. Um, a third role I think of is a sponsor, somebody who talks about you, but they talk about you in an advocacy role. They're talking about you to a senior leader or to a, a peer leader whenever there's a gap in leadership and you've got someone that is currently in your part of the organization that's that's just tearing it up and, and they're ready for the next challenge, but you may not have the next challenge for them. And so you advocate for them to maybe cross to a different uh, cross-functional team and, and go there. And then the last is coach. And to me, coaching, as you alluded to, is really powerful. I think of it as someone who talks to you. The interesting thing is coaches don't have to have non-technical or don't have to have the technical skills to coach a technical person. They really need to have an intentionality to helping you grow. And they specifically begin each coaching session with the coachee bringing forward what is it you want to work on and want to either get clarity or get better about and then they just use their skills at question asking and listening to help the person that they're coaching really draw out that clarity and think more deeply. Often we know what the right answer is, as, as especially as technical people, but we sometimes need to process and we sometimes need to have some validation or some actual questioning of tell me what you're thinking. Why are you thinking that way? What is your end goal with that? And that's the value to me that coaching can provide. And, and when I'm able to do that and do it well, wow, you see and feel the light bulb come on and you feel the confidence, you, you feel the confidence in the person that you're coaching um, just begin to exude all over the place because they have a breakthrough. It, it's not like that every time, but that's that's the goal is to help someone be better Um Coaching is still new enough and it kind of gets blurry. We hear a lot of people that are life coaches or, or something else, and that may or may not mean something to someone. But to me, a coach is someone that comes alongside you, talks with you, helps you get better. Think about you know the best sports athletes. They still have coaches because it's someone who can see from external perspectives what they're doing. Hey, your elbow's out a little bit far. Hey, you're, you're doing this. Every time you get ready to do this thing, you do this negative piece of it or whatever. Let's, let's fix that um, and can really just make small adjustments that can have significant impact in life. 
Yeah, one of the things that I've learned, I mean, I've, I've spoken to a ton of different coaches. I've had two professionally that I've, I've worked with. And one of the things that I've definitely learned is the more the coach attempts to be impressive and uh, sort of has all the answers, I think the less interesting. I think the, 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 the coach that's the best at asking questions and they're not necessarily even coming in with answers to anything. They may or maybe just simply trying to ask questions to draw out of you or of the circumstance. And that's, that's something that I've found has been super helpful and why I choose to do it on a regular basis. So yeah, I think that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's exactly that. It, the person who has the expertise and the expert is a mentor. They're not a coach, um, especially, or, or they're a teacher. You, you might call it that way. Uh, you might use that term. But a coach is someone who is very humble um, and is going to maintain a posture of, I just want to learn and I want to help you figure this out. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, so, you know, Randy, for you, what's sort of the, 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 the next phase of life, the big vision for what you want to do, what impact you want to have, where you want to be spending your time? Yeah, it's in really helping to find and develop the next round of technical leaders um, and doing that through coaching, doing that through intentional uh, gatherings of people, um, you know, to some degree it, it can look like one-on-one. -on -one. And then there's also opportunities to do that with some groups, uh, just really trying to, to communicate what this looks like and how we can help people fill a gap that, that I see. Um, it's, it's more than the talent gap of just people in roles in technology. It's people that can also lead those technology people. And, and those are different skill sets. It's a, it's a non-technical emotional intelligence or EQ sort of skill set that frankly, when we often look at job descriptions for technical technicians, um, communications and written communications is probably the only thing that's really ever called out until we need a leader. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, must play nicely with people, must be able to uh, you know, work well with people and understand and, and humans have an innate need to be known at the right level and be cared for. That's what we need a leader to do. But that's not what most of our technical people are skilled at. They can learn it, how do we help them learn it? Yeah, it's the, it's the classic example of like, just because you're good at sales doesn't make you a good sales manager. And True. just because you're amazing at writing code doesn't mean you're good at managing people to write code. It's, I mean, quite frankly, in a lot of those roles, it's almost totally opposite skill set, which is so difficult. And, and I think it's important. And, and in, on my team, if you were to look at the, the people that, that I work with, we've identified people that have said, I don't have this skill set and I really don't get energized by it. Um, I want to be a deep technician. I want to stay in the technical realms and putting that person in a leadership role because that's the only way we can promote them would be devastating. It, it would right. be setting them up for failure. Um, if, if someone is not already feeling called into a leadership role, putting them there could be the worst thing of their career and for you. Um, and so helping people recognize that and, and really posture them for success is really, really important. I think that's I think that's spot on. That's good stuff. Um, Randy, one of my my favorite questions in the planet is uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning? So for you, sort of what's what's driving all this? Obviously, you've got a lot of energy. You've got a lot of excitement. You care about people. You care about developing people. What's what's sort of the, the driving force 
you know, behind who you are and what gets you out of bed in the morning. Yeah, it, it is that. Uh, I just love helping people grow and make connections and see that serving others uh, is a noble cause. And serving others, especially for us here at Veterans United, serving others in a, in a noble cause of helping someone get into a home um, and recognize home ownership is, is a double uh, incentive for us because now I help my people and then we help others. And that's, that really is the, the core of what gets me excited. It's, it's what uh, keeps me going is just seeing other people get better. Yeah, that's good stuff. Randy, for people who want to follow along with the work that you have going on or reach out or, um, yeah, just get in touch, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you or follow along with what you got going on? Yeah, so you can go to uh, my website, randyraw.com. It's R-A-W. Most people are like, really, is it that simple? But yes, it is. Just like <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm perfect. <laughs> um, so you can go there. There's a contact form you can fill out. Um, email me from there. Um, I, I am getting some content together to update. It's been a little while since I've updated anything on the blog, but uh, getting some things ready to go there. And uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, again, Randy Raw, or I, I have a Twitter account. I don't tweet. I mostly just follow people, uh, <laughs> but it's also at Randy Raw as well. I love that. Well, Randy, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. This has been awesome. Well, thank you, Matt. I've really enjoyed it and I appreciate your invitation and uh, hope that we provided some value to people. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at thematbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.